Welcome to the EAU podcast series on euro-oncologic surgery driven by the new technologies. In this third episode, we have here with us Ricardo Ortorino, Professor of Urology and Director of Surgical Innovation and Clinical Research at Rush University in Chicago, USA. Also, Ines Rivero Belenchon, urologist and researcher at urology in Virgin del Rocho University Hospital in Sevilla, Spain. Together, they will explore 3D models for kidney cancer with caval thrombos. Join us for an enlightening debate on the latest advancements in urological surgeries. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast series on urologic oncologic surgery. Uh, driven by new technologies. In, in this uh, third episode, we will discuss 3D models for kidney cancer with caval thrombus. My name is Ricardo Torino. I work as a urologist at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago, uh, and I'm professor and director of surgical innovation there uh, in the Department of Urology. Today, I'm very uh, glad to be joined by Dr. Ines Rivero. Uh, Ines is a urologist at Rocio University Hospital in Sevilla, Spain and uh, she's a member of the Yao Eurotechnology Working Group. So welcome, Ines. Thank you very much for the presentation, uh, for inviting me to this podcast. And so, Ines, I would like to start with the question that everybody usually asks, right? What's the cost of uh, having a 3D model and how much time, uh, if I want to have a 3D model, how much time do I need uh, to get it done, basically? Okay, that's the main question, basically, to use the 3D modeling in daily practice. Well, that question depends on the the technology that you are using to have the 3D printed model. I mean, that different 3D printers have different costs and also a different uh, time to obtain the model. We usually use a rapid prototyping 3D printer which is cost is just about 1,000 euros. And also the material that we use to obtain the 3D model is very cheap. We usually use flexible polyurethane and its cost is around 30 euros per kilo, which is not very expensive, taking into account that each model is about uh, 600 uh, grams or 800 grams. So the cost of the model, just taking into account the material, is around 30 euros. But of course, to obtain a model, you have to consider the cost of the personnel who is actually going to do the 3D modeling. And of course, that cost is the real cost of the 3D modeling. We have done a study on that. More or less, the cost of the personnel is around 300 euros, taking into account the number of hours that they have to dedicate to do the the 3D modeling. Thanks. That it was very uh, informative. So, uh, so there is a cost. Then uh, there is a cost in terms of you know buying the machine uh, uh, and having somebody working with the machine uh, to build the model. So is it uh, practical or feasible to apply you know, in your daily routine? Or how, do you, how do you handle that in your hospital? Or what's your opinion about that? Yeah, of course. I think that 
uh, it is feasible and we also have demonstrated that the cost that you need to have the 3D model, which is, as I just said, around 300 euros, help you to save to the public health system as much as even uh, 7,000 euros per procedure. That is because using this kind of technology helps you to, to perform a better surgery, to have uh, fewer complications, and to have less time in hospitalization. That helps you saving money. So I don't see any point in which they shouldn't be used in daily practice in terms of cost. And as you asked me previously, the, the time that we need to have the 3D modeling, that neither postpone the surgery, which is also a key question. You, you cannot postpone the surgery just because you have to create the 3D modeling. But the, the total amount of time that you need to have it is around two days, 48 hours. Because firstly, you have to have, of course, the radiological images. But then you have to do a segmentation that takes around one and a half uh, hours. Then you have to do a 3D modeling, which is around three or four hours. And then you have to print the model, which takes the most uh, time, more or less 24 to 36 hours. So in total, you need about two days to have the 3D printed model. But, of course, that doesn't postpone a surgery. So I think that is, of course, feasible. So at this point, you know, one could ask, uh, do you really need the printed model or you can just use a you know, virtual reconstruction, an image that you can look at and without even printing? Yeah, I think that it is a key question that also arises uh, in our study, but we haven't addressed directly that question. So I cannot answer if from our study uh, you really need the 3D printed or it would be enough to have the 3D virtual reconstruction. But from our experience, I could say that a 3D printed model gives you two things that a 3D virtual model doesn't. Firstly, you have it physically. That uh, means that you can perform or simulate the surgery in the model before entering the OR. And you cannot do that with a 3D virtual model. The other thing is that uh, having it physically, you have a better understanding of the, the measures of the anatomy. Because when you have it virtually, you can put the image bigger or smaller, uh, you cannot see specifically the size of each anatomy structure. So sometimes having it physically in a real scale helps you, for example, in our case, to know if, uh, for example, a Sapinski would be enough to clamp the cava vein or because just of the size of the cava vein, it wouldn't be possible to do that. So I think that in some cases, a physical model could help the surgeon to plan the surgery. In others, maybe not. In others, maybe just a 3D virtual reconstruction is enough. Yeah, I think that that is a very reasonable approach, what you're saying. And 
Uh, I agree on that. So, you know, the focus of this uh, episode was the kidney cancer with thrombus. What fields do you think uh, 3D modeling can be applied to? And can you talk a little bit more specifically about the uh, thrombectomy, the, uh, the main topic of, of this episode? I think that in any complex surgery, 3D technology would be helpful. For example, in a partial nephrectomy or a nerve sparring in radical prostatectomy, or for example, big masses from the retroperitoneum. I mean, any challenging surgery, doing a very accurate surgery planning would be of most importance. A 3D technology could help the surgeon to do the, the planning. So I think that this technology could be applied to different fields. In, in fact, we are now using that uh, technology in different fields, such as uh, partial nephrectomy, for example, in kidney transplant, but in pediatrics, because sometimes when you are going to, to do a renal transplantation from a kidney uh, who is from an adult to a patient who is just uh, two years old, just because of a matter of a space, you have to be very sure that the kidney is going to fit well in your young patient. And in that cases, we have discovered that 3D technology would be very helpful. Thanks, Ines, for uh, this comprehensive overview. Before we finish, do you have any final message for the audience? Maybe a look at uh, you know new perspective, how you think this is going to evolve in the future? Well, I think that the final message would be that the 3D technology is there for us to use it. And we have to know exactly where this 3D technology will help us more. I think that it's just a matter of time that we enter the OR always having seen a 3D anatomy of the patient before. I think that in 10 or 20 years when we show our residents the CT that we actually use to plan our surgery, they are going to take their hands to their head and say, oh my God, how could you plan a surgery with this cross-sectional 2D image? So I think that it's just a matter of time. In terms of the perspective for the future, I think that that 3D technology is going to evolve to using that in the OR not just uh, using that to plan the surgery before entering the OR, but also in the OR, using that 3D technology as a guide for the surgeon in the OR itself or helping the surgeon to put that 3D virtual image in the patient and to help perform the surgery. I think that that's the future of this technology. Again, thank you so much. This was all very interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you, Professor Ortorino and Dr. Rivero Belenshin, for a captivating episode on 3D models for kidney cancer with caval thrombos. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be talking about artificial intelligence application for urologic cancer detection and classification, featuring Professor Ortorino and Associate Professor Giovanni Cacciamani. Don't miss out on the latest updates. Subscribe to our EAU podcast channel on your favourite podcast app for more informative content. 
Until next time, keep learning and stay inspired.